Welcome to another episode of Modern Black Man Podcast. Today, I am joined by um, an esteemed colleague, um, someone that I was very lucky to take uh, a few minutes out of her day to join us. Um, I will allow the young lady to introduce herself, uh, Miss Stephanie Cundiff. Hi, guys. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie Cundiff, and I've known Brian since way back when, so it's going to be good to talk with him a little bit and to uh, be a part of his podcast for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, I wanted to have a quick mini cast just because we got to talking and, um, you know, so many things were, you know, just revealed to me uh, about growing up. And I wanted to talk to somebody that I've known for quite some time to just understand some things just to see how far maybe I've come <laughs> to where I'm at now. Um, <laughs> You know, life is, is really good. Um, you know, I, I, I had the privilege of uh, growing up in uh, God's country in Missouri, um, out in, in the country, in a, a, a rural uh, place, um, you know, where uh, I grew up. We had farmland, and my backyard is hundreds and hundreds of acres. Down the street, it used to be cattle farms and more or less. Yep. In the middle of nowhere in uh, some of the best country you'll see anywhere. And they've built it up significantly. Um, our childhood homes are now in the, you know, uh, some premier uh, real estate. Um, and, and, and it's really exciting because that's how much things have grown and developed over the last 30 years. Um, and It's I, crazy. It's crazy. And it's I think... All moved to different parts of the country as well, um, yeah. experiencing some more um, growth and just seeing how things are outside of uh, what I refer to as the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I got out as soon as I can. You already knew that. Um, as soon as I was 18, I said, see you later. <laughs> yeah. and, and no, I have been this now and you know just knowing how much brian has traveled is amazing but but no here in texas and then when i go back to kansas city it is crazy it is like it was a bubble but now <laughs> i don't know things have grown and changed and i almost don't even know it anymore yeah it's almost like a real city <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like that for sure <laughs> it, was, it was nothing more than a town i mean at one point and it just kept growing and people kept coming and things just kept getting bigger. And, um, you know, now to actually have something to contrast that against, it is really not. It's the bubble. Uh, everything there is exclusive. I can't imagine um, a, a, just a, a town with all new amenities, a small town, everything, the mini version of what they have in New York. Right. <laughs> it, yeah. it's, it's, it's exactly that. Every major city you've gone to, you can see scaled down architecture, a condensed, clean version of it. And it's just, um, it's amazing. Uh, the football team's even good now. But I wanted to, you know. Yeah, yeah that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> But I wanted to just talk about, you know, how, how, how life can evolve from uh, such a small place and maybe how that attributes to success and on bigger stages. Um, because I know that um, I never would have saw myself living in New York or D.C. Um, based on so many factors, but actually experiencing it and the expense of it 
it's incredible to me. Like, I don't see how people do this, um, but it's, you know, a very um, invigorating thing. Um, I know you have an experience as well going from the, you know, small size to the big size. I mean, I know your life is muy caliente. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, You know, I almost feel in a way sad that I lived in that bubble for so long. Um, Living in Texas has completely opened up um, just my my world, to be honest. Um, As you said, muy caliente is is my life. And it, it really, it started at age 18 without... I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And I, I just knew that, that I loved languages. I loved culture. Uh, and that's something that there, where we're from, in our bubble in Kansas City, Missouri, um, it, it's not very common. And so when I left when I was 18 and came to Austin, Texas to study here, uh, it, it was almost like I, I wasn't a, a citizen of the same um, the same country, a completely different atmosphere, uh, a different understanding, a different almost just lingo and 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 culture in so many ways. But now, uh, this is kind of a silly fact, but so I'm 36, and I moved to Austin when I was 18 in August, and so I've actually lived in Austin more than half my life now. My mom laughs at me for <laughs> for counting that down, but but I'm really proud of it because I don't know, just living in our bubble was was tough reflecting back because restrictive, right? So restrictive and it, it saddens me. <laughs> it, yeah. it really you know, at the beginning you think, okay, in like summer and during spring break and during Christmas, like I wanna go back home. But very, very quickly, within my first eh, maybe year and a half, I really didn't want to go back home <laughs> ever. And really, I haven't. The last It's like there's a trauma or something like that that makes you uh, not want to go back to this place. Do you think that... Millions. Do you feel any guilt for that? Do you feel like a sense of guilt? And that's maybe why you don't go home? It's interesting. Actually, not at all. Uh, I feel more annoyed (laughs) when I go there um, because of just the, I don't know, the the morals and values are just so different from those that that I've come to know living elsewhere. I feel like people are very much more close-minded, which is sad because when I live there and when I reflect on the people that I know and loved, like you and so many other of my friends who are not close-minded at all, yet when I do go back, those are the sorts of people that I encounter, not the people that I loved, but the sure. majority it, who are very that's, that's the difference. It seems like um, it's unbelievable how strict and almost secular life um is and revolves around culture uh, in a mm. part of the country. Um, absolutely. I, yes. I, I, I see that as well. And it's uh, amazing. It's nice to have a contrast point. Uh, Refreshing. You leave, oh my gosh, because you leave and you don't feel crazy anymore. It's, it, it's, it's yeah. in my experience, kind of appreciating the, the place because it's not like everywhere else. Like that's not real. That's not uh, yeah. culture. Uh, it's the absence of and um, different things come out of that environment and surviving that environment is a strength. I think right. to survive that is 
um, something that forges um, a resiliency or a, uh, a inner strength that serves us uh, in all the things we do. Wow. I really like that you compared it that way. <laughs> I've never thought of it in that, you know, with that perspective, but it absolutely is true. Um, that lack of culture and then just missing the little culture that you whitewashing before. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely whitewash. Oh my gosh. Yes. And you know, I mean, people have asked me, my my relatives have asked me because I've honestly there are many that I haven't seen in a really, really long time. And it has to do with my not wanting to go back, but also their resistance for coming to visit here. And I don't know what that's all about, but what I do know is that I'm not going to be the only one to venture back there where I don't feel comfortable. Mm, it's yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a good point too, is that it's a, it's a shared trauma. So um, it, that's, that's the validation. I think that one can observe to really see that it's an anomaly. It's not normal life. Um, I think about all the relationships I had back home and with uh, people growing up and into adulthood. Um, like I remember, um, I don't know, just so many specific and unique individuals that um, that's the you know that that guided with that paradigm, with that worldview, and um, you can't have that outside of the bubble. So it's just yeah. those, you know, it, it is what it is. It's the twilight zone. It's also super interesting to me, just like I said, those people that do share the same values as I do and the same ideology, the friends that I had that, you know, are those that are similar to me, I feel like, um, that do tolerate it and that are still there. Yeah. Um, it just makes me question a lot. Either they're much stronger than I am or they found a way to... But it's about I don't what know, compartmentalize, yeah. Because I mean, um, <laughs> my Spanish, part of my Spanish, this uh, sabor in in vida, in la vida, right? Like, that's that's what's happened. Once you venture out, you see that the world um, has so many interconnected pieces and works at an internal level uh, that is unaffected by yeah. the Yeah, no, absolutely. And, I, mean, I mean, so I guess in that sense, it's it's sad a little bit <laughs> that they were never able to leave or to escape or to, well, I say escape, <laughs> but but to, to find that other place that really matches who they are better than... You know how I feel I mean, my parents worked <laughs> for the airlines growing up, so like... They obviously they just bought real estate there. Like they bought me a house when I was a kid, and like I just That's awesome. You know what I mean? Like uh, I, I grew up going to St. Louis every weekend until I was about high school, really about uh, middle school and high school. I went with both of my parents until my, you know, obviously uh, my pops kind of left by himself, right? And it was just me and my mom right. and uh, my grandmother. My aunt passed. Um, things got a little different after that. And I just remember by the time I was in high school, that was my first time being in the bubble full time. And that really that's me funny. Because um, that's really I mean, but be, realizing that, you know, you're different than everyone else. And then being in a weird place like that, um, I used to have the ability to escape. And when I was, you know, too young to really understand why I was trying to get on a plane and go somewhere else. 
Um, yeah. You know what I mean? It, it it never really processed for me. And then in high school, I, you know, I, I, I got committed to the opportunity because schools was the big thing. Yeah. Like uh, my mom told me if I wanted to go to college, I'd have to find my own way. And I think you know who my friends were in high school. <laughs> like my friends were going to go to too funny i mean uh, to be honest my parents said the same thing they didn't have the money to send me anywhere um you know we traveled like yeah lake forest and wow and duke and you know what i mean for the summers just to come back like they let alone the tuition but that's that's what it was and i mean i learned so much uh from that uh and i'm thankful to be exposed to um families like that and um, seeing how the process is for maybe the other half because I don't think I know I wouldn't have been afforded those opportunities under different circumstances so I I'm really thankful to not only experience the bubble and survive it you know be able to break out yeah it really is like breaking out but yeah the only experience or reason that that I ever had to leave I feel like was just um during those same summers you know in high school leaving Mm -hmm. I went to KU um funny enough my senior year or between my senior year I went to UT and that's where I ended up going I um (laughs) my parents make fun of me a lot or my family really makes fun of me a lot. You know, she could have had a full ride in Missouri, which isn't really true because I never applied to any Missouri schools. Uh, <laughs> but she chose Texas. <laughs> and I did have a scholarship my freshman year. I um, received some scholarship uh, for first year um, students who were, I guess, from Kansas City, but from the alum from UT. And so that was great and all, but, but yeah, from there, I mean, I had to work and go to school, so I didn't get to continue with debate or any of that, which I wish I had, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's so interesting how just those tiny, small events in your life, because I hadn't traveled much as a kid, um, you know, maybe to Disney world, maybe one time I, I did go to DC once when I was like eight, <laughs> But other than that, yeah, just those those four years that that made the difference and helped me to pray, which I'm so definitely yeah, I'm definitely thankful for that experience for you to be able to because I, I, I knew you in those four years and you 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 saw something you had that vision where you realized that there was something different about this place and it advantaged you (laughs) and you just didn't know how to process that I think you were the um (laughs) I don't know how this not not a woke Karen but you (laughs) you were somebody (laughs) that that just saw um advantages that um maybe change the game and uh, I just always thought that was really cool um, because you could intellectualize those things at a young age right right and someone who the only thing I'd known was our bubble Mm -hmm. and you know no one actually from my family had ever gone to college Uh, my dad was the first of his like relatives to even graduate high school (laughs) so Yeah, I mean, it, it's just really interesting. I, I love the woke Karen analogy. I'll have to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tend to call my mother a Karen, so now I'll have to tell her that I've I'm now a Karen, I guess too. <laughs> a woke in a Karen, different a woke Karen. It was complimentary. Maybe, just because maybe I'm a Karen instead of a Karen. Okay, Karina <laughs> <laughs> or Karina. There you go. <laughs> 
But you know, just all the different um, experiences and uh, knowledge bases of information I look back at, um, because we were traditional learners. um, And in that environment, I mean, I think Kansas was the last place to teach Latin. Um, so like that's interesting right so like it's it's this ultimate uh, traditional pedagogy that goes on that I don't think will be appreciated because it's all the old ways like uh, yep. I'm an autodidactic learner I, I, mm. I, I really thrived uh, in that environment because of different circumstances but I don't think that young people really get that um, opportunity because instead of praising savants, we try to give them uh, IEPs, we try to give them um, diagnoses. Uh, I hate to say, I don't want to call it disabilities or handicaps, right. but we we right. we identify these things versus um, pushing our young people forward or pushing them to do great things because I believe and I know that they can because I had educators that could bring it out of me. Um, wow. You know, I, we had, a, you know, we had gurus. We had people that could work on you at a one-on-one level and really understand, um, you know, just get a platform. Yeah. It just gave you a platform more than anything else. Like I think that we get too caught up in trying to identify needs and identify um, diagnosing is what I call it. Instead of presenting, mm-hmm. no, that is what it's called. You know, life, right. life is performance based, so it's um, that's just been in my heart. You know what I what I feel as far as uh, learning and learners, um, but yeah, the 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 environment, the sterility of it, um, definitely is uncharted territory. So, what what a perfect segue <laughs> to our next discussion, which will definitely be on education, since I'm a teacher. Well, exactly. We all became, all of us were adjacent to education. Um, I don't know if you were yeah. law or education. Like everybody said they were going to be a lawyer. I know at one point you said you were going to be a lawyer. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I did. And then, you know, saw the LSAT and said, nope, not for me. <laughs> I, I just don't know what happened. What happened to me really early. I remember like in college, uh, my first year was pre-law. Um, I was like, oh my gosh, it's just history classes. Um, I'm going to do something else. <laughs> Business school, I suck at math. I'm going to try it. Let's go for it. <laughs> you know? It's good, though. But it is funny, like, all of our friends, all of the people that surrounded us. Yeah, that's exactly right. They either wanted to be teachers or lawyers. And it, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> the outcome is, is the same. <laughs> either teachers or lawyers or political activists or right. whatnot right and i mean they're doing it though i mean we've got so yeah. many people in uh great positions and places and it's amazing to just you know um i don't know be colleagues with these people co you know just being in the area and proximity of them kind of coming up so um Absolutely. yeah i appreciate you taking uh a little time out i know you uh don't have much um but Definitely, we should get uh, back on the mic and we should do a conversation on education. Yes, let's do it. No, I, I'm already in. <laughs> do you have any social media? Um, do you do you have any social media you want to drop for anybody that might be listening for Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook? Gosh, not any fun Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. No, okay. uh, no not not really. Um, I just I you know I work. Here in Texas, I'm a dual language educator. Uh, I am bilingual. And so just anything that um, 
you know, that you can donate or support to dual language teachers in Texas and across the United States, you know, please do so because we put our heart and soul to everything we do and it's not easy work, but we'll get into that next time. <laughs> I will hold you to it because um, I want to push, make a, a, a big effort in gaining resources for the young people that I work with as well. Those donations are the lifeblood of our operation. Um, Done. Yes. Done. Yes. Okay. And you know you can get me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm at Chubby Idris Elba. Until the next episode, peace. Bye, guys.